Let me guess, you have a question for me. No, actually, I don't. You don't? I don't have a question for you. I don't have any questions for you. Oh, God. Is this where we part ways? Yeah. Well, Andy, it's been 20 plus years. I've run out of questions for you. Yeah. You can only ask why so many times. <laughs> Especially with you. Yeah. Because the answer is, is very rarely satisfactory. Oh, okay. <laughs> we don't need to explore this any further. Do you have a question for don't, me? You don't have to be mean about it. Not anymore. What do you mean, not anymore? Do you know what today is? What? It's Hanukkah. I mean, it's a day of Hanukkah. It's one of the Hanukkah days. Happy Hanukkah. Happy Hanukkah days. <laughs> that's, not <laughs> that, Hanukkah that's, days? that's not how that works. Honda it? days. It's Hanukkah nights, right? Happy Hanukkah. Hanukkah, Hanukkah Why am I nights? making Hanukkah complicated? <laughs> it's a Bob Seger song. <laughs> Hanukkah nights. Right? Instead of Hollywood night. Okay. Yep. Um, anyway, I feel like you owe me a question. Oh, because you asked me so many questions, I should ask you a question? Yeah. It's not how friendships work. That's a pretty transactional way of looking at things. Sure. Okay, fine. <laughs> then I'll just keep giving, and you can keep taking. That's not... Okay. You're taking my answers <laughs> from me. You are attacking me okay, with questions. Okay, you're okay. making me By that do logic, work. Then by not asking me a question, you're denying me... The capacity to return oh, the favor. Oh, I'm silencing you? Yes. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> I'm silencing you by not asking you questions? Okay, you know what we really need to do here? What? Center, uh-uh. shut the fuck up. No, and say hi and no. welcome to Look Good for the Boys, a horror gossip podcast. I'm Andy, and I'm Philip. Uh, okay, yeah, that feels good. Yeah, yeah, I oh, feel better now. Me too. You should rate and review us if you haven't done that, uh, and you were planning on doing it. What better time than now? Yeah, you know, it's Hanukkah. It's about to be Christmas. Mm-hmm. We're not going anywhere. Wait, are I you? Might. You might. I don't know. I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> I'm not doing the Christmas. Th- I mean, I'm doing the Christmas thing. You are with my partner at oh, home. Oh, okay, okay. That's... And our cat. Yeah. And the little purple Christmas tree that we bought for eight dollars at a Goodwill. Hell yeah! Last year. That's like the best way I've ever heard to yeah. celebrate the holidays. You know what a really good way to celebrate the holidays is not seeing family. Yeah. It's a terrific way to celebrate the holidays. Yeah, it's the best. <laughs> you want to like okay, look at look at everything about the holidays that stresses you out and it all is family. Yeah. You know, all yeah. you got to do is just pick it up, move it out of the way. Yeah. And then it's great. Yeah. 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 So we've been doing this family therapy thing. Yeah, so speaking of not actually cutting your family out. <laughs> <laughs> if you can't do that, like some of the families we've talked to, I mean, some of them have cut their family out in pretty dramatic ways, actually. Yeah. Yeah. One lady cut her family out by literally cutting off her own head. Right. That's pretty extreme. Ah, my family's so much in my head, I got to cut my head off to be separate from them. And another family 
you know, join forces with two of them to literally murder the rest. So, so we've got some complicated families that we're yeah. trying to help through. Yeah. Last week, speaking of questions, last week you asked me a question. Mm-hmm. You asked if there, if, I, if there was a horror movie family that I felt didn't need counseling. Yeah. We 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 bandied about a number of ideas, but one of the ones I said was the Midian people from Nightbreed. Mm-hmm. So we thought, hey, what? May, we should investigate that. See if yeah. that's true. Yeah. See if it holds up. Yeah. To either either as part of our family therapy series, explore whether we have a perfect shining example of the family that we should all strive to be, or whether we have another family that maybe we need to examine a little well, closer. Yeah. And as we've said, we do, we have said that pretty much every family needs some kind of therapy. Of course. Like even if they're doing great, you know, it's not like, this is the problem. People view therapy in this country as like, oh, that's the thing you got to get when you fucked up. Right. Not, oh, that's just a preventative health thing. Like yeah. that's a, that's a helpful therapy thing is, to do. Therapy should be preventative health care. Yeah. In general. Know? Yeah. That's a thing that it's like getting your the oil changed in your car. You don't only get the oil. Ch- I mean, I guess you do get the oil changed when the oil is dirty. No, but, but you don't wait until the car no longer functions to get to the get, oil changed. There you go. Because yeah. you've already then done so much more damage. Yeah. That you might as well just either abandon the car or hope you're really rich to pay for it all or get a new car. Yes. This is this is breaking down as a metaphor. No, but it's still. <laughs> yeah. To, maybe you're rich enough to get a new family. <laughs> But I still think it's appropriate. You do this stuff, even if your family is functioning well. Mm-hmm. Hey, you know, maybe there's some stuff you don't see going on. Or maybe you, you could still benefit from talking it out somewhere in, right. a, in a way that's, that's helpful, you know. So even if, the, even if the folks in Midian need help. And let's just call them the Midian or, family. Yeah, the Midian family, the Midian community. The, the night we could just clan. call them the Night Breed. Oh yeah, that's because that's what they that's call the, themselves. And that's the t- the title of the movie we're looking at. Nineteen Night Breed. Nineteen nineties Night Breed. Clive Barker. Clive Barker. But they do call themselves the Night Breed, and yeah. you call people by what they ask to be called by. Yeah, the tribes of the moon. Yeah, that's their like, you know, subheading. Yeah, Philip Johnson. The tribes of the moon embrace you. I'll take it. Wouldn't that be great to hear? It would be. Right. Yeah, I would I would be part of this clan. Yeah. Okay, so let's talk about this clan. So first of all, unlike the other families that we have addressed here, this one is actually arguably a family of choice. Yeah, chosen family, more yes. or less. But even the thing is, even chosen family is often a family of circumstance. Yeah. You know? But that's kind of the thing, too, is that like you, you choose to stick with them. Right, right. When you have this decision between the family that doesn't recognize you for who you are and then the family that is a part of who you are that will embrace you yeah. even though there are flaws in that, you know, you, you honestly, you get to make that choice. Yeah. And so that's why it says like chosen family, origin or chosen. And so today we're talking about a chosen family, and that's the Midian clan. The Midian clan, the tribes of the moon, the yep. night breed. And we're talking about specifically the night breed, the director's cut. Yes. Available on Shudder. Yeah. Way different movie. Yeah. I've never seen than the original. The original, the theatrical cut. I, this is one of those movies that I tried watching a number of times. 
the theatrical cut every time and was always like, eh, I'm not, I'm not in love with it. I don't get what the fuss is about. And then I saw the director's cut and I was like, fucking 180. I love this movie. Hmm. I love Nightbreed. <laughs> as messy as it is and as incomplete as it feels, I still love Nightbreed. Yeah, that's yeah. great. It's queers versus cops. I mean, the, yes, really? <laughs> yeah. It doesn't get any better than that. So let's let's lay that out because in this conversation, it is really important to acknowledge that this movie is Clive Barker, a gay male author yeah. from the uh, predominantly from the eighties, yeah, seventies to now. It is one of his directorial efforts as well. Yeah, and so one of very few movies he's actually directed. Right. And there is a lot of queer subtext in this. Oh, oh, you think? <laughs> okay, you know what? Maybe we're reading too much into it. I think because as we're as oh, queers, here's your woke agenda. Yeah, we're just putting something on this that doesn't actually yeah, exist there. You're you're reading in between the lines. You're trying to make this about your politics. You're trying to make this horror movie that I love woke. You're trying to make it a an ideological test. But specifically, <laughs> yeah, that's the sound I hear when people do that. <laughs> yeah, no, no, that's that's very accurate. Yeah. So, <laughs> at its core, this is very much a film about somebody coming into their own identity and recognizing that that is separate from mainstream identity, and also at a time in which that identity is persecuted. Not just like socially by mainstream, but also legally in a lot of ways yeah. by mainstream. Yeah. And having to find a safe space yeah. with safe people, a community of like-minded individuals. Yeah. And in this case, in this film, they're all monsters. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Some of us turn into smoke. Some of us transform into wolves. Some of us can be killed by sunlight. And in that sense, once you are accepted into this community, it's a very, very open-minded community. They're open to everybody. Yeah. I love it, too. Also, the, the couple, the main protagonist in this movie, uh, Aaron Boone and his girlfriend, Lori, my buy meter has never gone more off the charts more immediately than these two characters. Than both of them. Yes. Both of them, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Neither of those two are straight. Nope. But they also do love each other. Oh, for sure. Yeah, no, yeah. But they also will 100% swing with pretty much everybody yeah. within oh, Midian. I, one, I give it one more week, and Cheryl Ann and Lori, they're having themselves an evening. Well, Cheryl Ann's dead. Well, no, I'm saying one more week if Cheryl Ann had lived. Oh, yeah, yeah. If, if David Cronenberg had not murdered Cheryl Ann. Poor Cheryl Ann. She was one of my... Uh, she's my favorite non-monster. She's probably the best uh, non-monster, non-monster-affiliated character in the movie. Easily. Yeah. You know? She's she's uh, memorable. What is it? Men or money? <laughs> Whenever I cry, it's always men or money. <laughs> okay. So, these tribes of the moon, this community of monsters. Yeah. They're out past... Peace River, out past Dwyer. So over Peace River and out past Dwyer to Midian Cemetery we go. Right, Merry Christmas, Midian. Sorry. So this is this is a place that's it's where the monsters live. It's fabled. It's there's rumors of its existence, and our character Aaron Boone is kind of a mess when we meet him. Yeah, he's anxious. 
He's upset. There's been these murders going on. Well, because he's being manipulated. He's being manipulated by his therapist, Philip. Which, (laughs) yeah, Philip Decker. Philip Decker. David Cronenberg. Played by David Cronenberg. God, he's so good at playing. So good at playing these these scumbags. So good at it. So yeah, he. I mean, Decker's basically. drugging and manipulating this guy to frame him for a bunch of murders that he is committing yes yeah not only is he framing boone for these murders he is committing the murders that he's framing boone for and they are murders that at one point it is explicitly revealed are because they are quote-unquote breeders yeah and i was wondering what he meant by that well he talks about he's going around killing families he's killing people who breed Right. And it seems to, I mean, he's clearly, the thing is, he's a psychopath. And whatever this is, it's some kind of delusion. Mm-hmm. But I feel like the, his idea is that he's killing families that he deems unfit. It's got kind of a eugenics vibe okay, to it. Okay, it's yeah, got kind of like too. a sterilize the poor kind of vibe to it. Like, Because that family he kills, first of all. Let me tell you about a family I love in this movie. That does not need therapy the, at all. The Rickmans. Yeah. They are so they are great. They're delightful. They are such, oh my God, are, I love them. They are so body positive. Yeah. So loving of each other. Yeah. So friendly, so warm, so just you're good people, good folk, good family. Mm-hmm. You know, they got a messy house. Love it. Love it. That's the house I grew up in. So he's killing those families. And I kind of read it as a class thing hmm. a little bit because that's also like it's, it's said uh, a few times. Decker carries himself as this sort of like elitist sort of person. And from the way Cheryl Ann talks about him, it, there's like a lot of upper class signifiers going on with him. Yeah, it could be class, uh, but like, where do the monsters fit in? I think like it's more beyond class. I think it's like honestly, honestly, it's kind of like a neo Nazism thing. Like it's not just class; it's like race and sexuality yeah. and like just anybody that doesn't fit his idea of what a perfect society yeah. is. Yeah, and. He finds like-minded people in that vein, in the form of law enforcement and big surprise, <laughs> drunk rednecks that might as well be wearing MAGA hats. Mm-hmm. Uh, like it's all very <laughs> yeah. Like, that whole this, mob this is... is like, where were they all on January sixth? Exactly. You know? Yeah. Well, th- I mean, this is Canada, so they were probably just in the racist trucker convoy. <laughs> oh yeah, there you go. Okay, <laughs> but I'm sure a few of them were probably in. Uh, January 6th. Yeah, this is all, like, this movie, you know, not a new idea how connected the different faces of fascism are. Right. Like, but yeah, it feels, yeah, it's very Proud Boy, very militia, very Oath Keepers, and very fucking cops. Just yeah. the way cops oh, are. Oh, and then, at the, I mean, at the end, you bring in the, the religious the priest, yeah, yeah, Reverend Ashbury, yeah. who... God damn, would I have loved to see the sequel that this movie is God, setting right? up, right? Yeah. Ugh. So the therapy part of this, <laughs> we have to, you know, put Ashbury to the side. We have to put Decker to the side. We have to put all the cops to the side. We're just dealing with Midian. Yeah. And I feel like Midian has a lot of different stages here. Yeah, well, there's a lot of different... I mean, it's a big family. Yes. It's a community. That goes through a lot of changes yeah. throughout the course of this film. So... I feel like therapy should start at the very end. 
Uh, you mean after everything has already happened? Yes. After Midian has been destroyed? Yes. That's when you want to start the therapy? Yes. After the, the bad thing that happened happened? Correct. That's that's a big... Oh, uh, when would you like to start it? Uh, well, okay. Sp- honestly, spoiler, probably maybe a controversial opinion. Okay. You know what? I don't know if we need a lot of therapy for the folks at Midian. Really? I think, and honestly, to maybe further your whole thing about waiting for the Midian to be destroyed before you start therapy, is like, these people, these people, yes, it goes. they go through a lot of changes, but they roll with it. Mm-hmm. They roll with the changes, you know? I mean, yeah, yeah, a bunch of them get exterminated, but that's also, that's not... That's not on them. The, the, ther- the, the therapy I would give them is just like, you're already with Boone, and Boone is the guy to follow. Yes. What I would say to them is that the same thing Boone says, get some weapons, fight back. Okay, okay. Let's let's acknowledge a few important facts that we know yeah. about Midian. First of all, we know that Midian has a number of laws and that Boone breaks one of those laws by trying to save Lori. Yeah. And that because of breaking one of those laws, Boone is sent to Baphomet. And, uh, you know, who is the creator, the the father of Midian. Yeah, well, he's the, yeah, Baphomet is the patriarch of Midian. And we also know that from later on, we find out that anybody who is sent there never returns. And yet somehow Boone returns. And not only does Boone return, Boone returns because Lori goes and gets him. Yeah. So uh, there are some uncertainties about the laws and consequences of Midian. And that is on top of the fact that once all of this happens, that because of this, Boone has caused the collapse of Midian and that Baphomet demands that Boone now as the head of Midian seek him out in another place to reestablish Midian wherever he can find him. Yeah, you must find me, you must heal me, you must save me from my enemies. So those are some of the facts that we know going into this. Well, I wanna I will I wanna talk about the law thing for a second. Okay. Because the laws for one, almost every time someone's talking about the law, it's Lylesburg. And a lot of the laws that get brought up get broken. Like immediately. Immediately. The with, very first with very thing little consequence. Is Boone's very first encounter with the, the Midian folks is Peliquin and Kinski. And they immediately get into a fight over whether or not Peliquin is allowed to eat him because it's against the law. And Peliquin is just like, I don't give a shit. I'm going to eat him. Mm-hmm. And does. Like, takes and a bite. takes a bite out of him and is what turns Boone into a monster. Although he'd been having dreams about Midian. Midian was calling out to him. Yeah. You know? And he's part of the prophecy. Anyway, that's also weird, the reveal that Peliquin knew that he was going to bite Boone in the prophecy and then bites him, not realizing that, like, oh, I'm doing the thing I've known about for years. Mm-hmm. It gets me to think, though, that the laws here, there's not a lot of consequences for breaking them. Yeah. Not a lot of actual, you know, we're, we're taking people's word on it that nobody's ever approached Baphomet and lived before. I'm thinking that might be a tall tale. Right. But yeah, I think the law stuff is just something everybody kind of lets Lylesburg have. They're just like, oh, that's dad. You know, that's the thing he's into. It's sort of like when you have a dad that's like, I don't know, into collecting model trains or into, I don't know, some people have D&D dads, I'm sure now. 
or you know whatever your dad when he's older and retired and gets into whatever his weird hobby is you just kind of let him have it and i think lylesburg whole thing with the law is that it's sort of like how you let your dad cut your cut the turkey on thanksgiving like it's tradition for him to carve the turkey um. it's that it's just like ever or saying grace before a meal, you just let dad do the thing. If he wants to talk about the law and have all these weird rituals, because, oh, can't the family just be together when we're baptizing a new monster into the family? Okay, I'm going to throw a little complication in here, though, is that, like, the sense I get from Baphomet yeah. is that he is not in a position to really enforce any laws. Oh, certainly not. No, he's a statue. Yeah. <laughs> Midian is made of him. <laughs> So I get the sense that Lylesburg, it's like this desperation to uphold these things he was told to uphold, but without any real power because the person behind him is failing. Exactly. No, it's it's the generational thing of like, you know, Baphomet was the greatest generation, maybe. And then, or maybe at this point, because this is 90, Lylesburg is the silent generation. Baphomet is the greatest generation. Boone is the Gen X, maybe. Maybe Lylesburg's the boomer. Whatever. Who the knows? thing is, is it's like, that's dad who, oh, I used to believe in things, you know? And he, all of these things that he thought were so important, the laws, the, you know, Midian, the prophecy, et cetera, you know, it doesn't really matter when the fascists come knocking. Right. And that's, that's the thing, is that Boone's the next, he's the new patriarch. He's the next, he's the heir apparent, the prodigal son, whatever, you know? Or to take it a different dark route is this all aids i mean it could yeah if you want to if you, i'm sure that read is there i mean i think it's counterculture in general i think it's about the the sexual revolution and you know the social movements of the 60s finding the horrors that awaited them in the reagan in the reagan 80s. era yeah <laughs> yeah and so aids yeah. is for sure a part of that yeah but so is you know, persecution by the police. So is, I mean, just, I mean, these are age old concepts too, of just like, this is a group of, that want to wipe out anybody that's different from them. Mm-hmm. And we even get that flashback that Lori has about the family history with like, yeah, the Inquisition and all that other shit. So with all of that on the table, <laughs> where do we start with therapy? So also, this is like not meant to be in any sense like, oh, okay, as a persecuted family of choice, you're the ones that need to do the work. No, this is like, we want to give you the tools that we possibly can to empower you against these external forces. Yeah, but this is what I'm saying is that I think they have those tools already. Any family strife that they go through is pretty quickly resolved. Like, even Pelequin, who, when he first meets Aaron Boone, is going to eat him. Mm-hmm. And then when they're at the, like, initiation ritual, he's just like, all right, we're cool. You know? Hey. Mm-hmm. And even Narcisse, who's, like, I think going to kill Laurie at one point, and then says, I wasn't going to hurt her. It's like, I don't know, it's hard to get a read on, the, on what these monsters... Like, yeah, obviously, this is the idea. Man is the real monster. Right. These monsters are the oppressed people. But it's also like, I don't know, what does it say about your family or your organization when the well-known part of the recruitment process is cutting someone cutting their own face off? 
which is what Narcisse does at the beginning when he's like, oh, I got to cut my face off to show you. Like, is that just a thing he heard that's not true? And that if somebody was really there for Midian, they'd be like, oh, no, 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 you don't need to do that. That's not necessary. Well, I mean, I think that when you look at counterculture underground scenes, that there are those people that think they have to go to extremes to be a part of that. That is true. And it comes for, at least for him, it comes from that idea of like, oh, I have to show you the face under my face. Like, I have to yeah. show you the, the, my real identity. Yeah. And that's the other thing is the idea that like, yeah, these are people that have always had this in them, but you can also, quote unquote, be a regular person mm-hmm. or think you're a regular straight square person your whole life and then realize like, no, I never was. And some people, that's going to break the surface in in uh, wilder ways than with others. So, okay, this brings a whole new paradigm of therapy that we haven't really talked about here in the sense that we are working with this community, this family of choice external to a family of origin that is consistently oppressed by external society. Yeah. Right? And Mm -hmm. the majority of their problems come from people in that external society trying to come into their Mm -hmm. fold and not being trusted, which is completely understandable because it is a safety thing. So then what the work has to be, and this is coming from like a social worker perspective, is working with this community to help push back outward. So the work isn't with them. The work is with them organizing them to reform society. Wait, them organizing themselves? Well, yeah, helping them organize themselves. You know, like giving them the tools and the power that they need. Because, yeah, there are like minor conflicts among them. But you're right. They tend to resolve themselves because they recognize that by not doing so creates an insecurity that is a threat to the entire community as a whole. Yeah. Their delicate, fragile relationships are with the outside world, not with each other. Exactly. And even when they have beef with each other, they seem to work it out pretty quickly. I mean, the Berserkers thing is a whole other deal. Well, yeah. I mean, that's... (laughs) That's a prison that they have for their... But, I mean, what do you do with Berserkers, honestly? Well, what did we do with the elderly uncle and aunts of the spider baby clan. well yeah it, yeah it's kind you of know, a similar thing it is yeah. once they go feral they need different kinds of care yeah yeah once once you got berserkers you gotta <laughs> you gotta do some restructuring you might have to move some goalposts on some of your ideals for harmony but but look similar other than that similar to the 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 queer community you know they have this safe space that they've built. And and Baphomet even calls out, you know, you got to, now that this one's been destroyed, you got to go create another yeah, one. Yeah, Like that's the most yeah. important thing is create a safe space. Yeah. And then go out from there. Right. You know, like you start the Stonewall riots and create some pride parades. And, yeah. you know, like. Yeah, you, you might have to kill some Nazi cops. <laughs> yeah. I mean. <laughs> any revolution requires that. Yeah, you definitely going to have to... Oh God, I love when they blow up the cop car. Mm-hmm. Yeah, now this movie is like 100% about, no, fuck you, we're here and we're queer. Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> well, and there was a part of me even that, uh, especially towards the end, that I had this pushback where I was like, 
Oh, that sucks that they still felt the need to make Boone and uh, Lori, you know, a thing, like lovers for life kind of thing, like a romantic yeah. uh, finale for them. And then it, the flip side of that is like, actually, no, fuck that. I actually love that more. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Because they can be like their queer monster selves and yeah. still be with who the fuck they choose. Yeah. No, it's, you know? it's great. It's not, yeah, it's definitely not the Emilio Estevez uh, gives Ali Sheedy a makeover ending of right. Breakfast Club. No, this is like, I can see how it might feel like that on the surface, but it's definitely not. It's definitely like, there's, yeah, I don't know. But I mean, again, like Lori basically is like, ha- kills herself to be with yeah. him. <laughs> like, it's the ultimate, like, yeah. I will be on your side. Yeah. You know, I'm with you no matter what. Like, if that's not bi, I don't know what is. No, neither of them are straight. They're the bi power couple. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I just love the you're natural. That means you're meat for the beast. And when they, when they're like, when the cops show up mm. at the, the first time and Pelican's like, Kinski's like, what is it? And Pelican's like, he like smells and is like, something natural. I just love that. Like, he's just natural gross. I'm not into natural stuff. Pelican is one of my favorites. Yeah. He's maybe the most problematic character of the family. Yes. Agreed. In, in several Absolutely. ways. But you still love him. Mm-hmm. Like, and I like that the family has these like vulnerable people and, and people that don't want to fight and are like just getting slaughtered. But then it also has your Pelequins, your, your, uh, Leroy Goms, your devil guy that are like, no, we'll fight. Like, and it's like, yeah, that's what those guys are for. Right. They're going to fight for us. They're going to help. Like everybody well, it, has a role. Yeah. And as much as like Pelequin is an asshole at certain points. It's never, it's never sabotaging the, the sanctity of the family. Exactly. He's never going against the family. No. You know, except when he breaks the law about eating. But again, that's probably just Lylesburg's thing. I'm sure yeah. that, I'm sure all those monsters have eaten a couple people. Oh, you know? easily. Yeah. But not each other. No. And honestly, I think Pelican was proud that he turned Boone into a monster. Yeah. Maybe that was the whole thing. Yeah. Maybe he knew. Maybe he was just like, oh, shit, is this the dude I got to bite? Yeah. I've been biting a lot of dudes trying to make this prophecy come true. Maybe he was like, I know that all I need to do to make Boone realize who he is is just put my mouth on him. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> That's the moment when Boone was like, oh, shit, I've been hearing this voice my whole life right. calling me, but now <laughs> I know what it means. <laughs> Bring that mouth back here, Pelican. So look. The thing about the Nightbreed is that they don't need therapy. They need organizing. Yeah, exactly. The Nightbreed night don't need therapy. They need they need resources. Allies. And allies yeah. and weapons. Yep. That's what the Nightbreed need. Yeah. So let's let's weaponize the Nightbreed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's radicalize and weaponize the Nightbreed. Let's arm arm the Nightbreed. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get a shirt that says Arm the Nightbreed. <laughs> oh my God, I want to wear that shirt so bad. <laughs> a, like an AK-47 and it just says Defend the Tribes of the Moon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I fully support. You know what? Going back to what you said last week where you were like, the Nightbreed doesn't need family therapy. 
looking at them. You're right. You're right. Yeah. I, I, Their problem is everybody else. Yeah. Yeah. They're fine. I mean, you know, again, they might need some therapy in the same way a lot of people need therapy. Like, you know, Babette is probably going to learn to stop going out in the sunlight. Yeah, right. But yeah, Babette needs a little more supervision. Yeah. But also, like, I don't want to blame Rachel. No, Rachel you know, has things she's, going on. She's got stuff going on. Yeah. She's trying her hardest. She's a... Like she's a nice lady that turns into smoke. It's okay. Yeah. But also, yeah, what Babette's doing, that's just kids stuff. Yeah, Kids right? do things that are dangerous sometimes. You know? So yeah, I think I think we need to start a GoFundMe. Yeah. For the Nightbreed. Yeah, we should name it the Onaka Fund. Yeah. In in honor of, of the fallen Onaka who blew up in the sunlight. Well, I know. That so was sad. So sad. I loved him. Yeah. I loved that him and Narcisse had like a little like will they won't they thing going on. I feel like Onaka had a will they won't they thing going on with almost everybody. Yeah, yeah, kind of. Yeah. Onaka was the one with the dog, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah he's the yeah, he's the one with the, the dog and all the great tattoos. Real sweetheart. Mm-hmm. Onaka's my Mary. I don't care what what the question is with these it's it's oh no, yeah i mean i was gonna ask you a bunch of fmks for this there's but too many there's too many yeah. i mean it's like look if shuna saucy is in there she's the mary no what she's the fuck i don't know you i kind of love gently, her though yeah <laughs> you don't need any of those quills going yeah. in you yeah you definitely that would that that's a it's a missionary that's a facing each other position <laughs> situation okay here's a tough one then if you're gonna bring her in all right sheena saucy Lori winston and cheryl ann well okay shit you say it like that and it's like okay well my fuck is gonna be Lori because look i i love Lori, mm-hmm. but i respect boone too much to to come but to, like we'll have sex but like okay. because clearly they're gonna have an open thing oh obviously yeah but I, they might already yeah but i'm not i She's married to Boone, you know? Mm-hmm. I can't, you know. And my Mary's going to be Cheryl Ann, and my kill's going to yeah. be Shuna Sassi, and now I'm the monster because I'm <laughs> killing her. Yeah. My fuck is Shuna Sassi, my Mary is Cheryl Ann, and my kill is Lori. I almost think, wait, what? Your yeah. kill is Lori? Yeah. Your kill is Lori. Yes. I love Lori so much. I mean, she's great. She's amazing but so is cheryl ann and sheena Sassi. i feel like there should just be if you're doing a fuck mary kill of nightbreed characters listener i feel like you should just never put aaron boone or laurie in there yeah you're right it's not fair yeah boone and laurie can't be in your fmk because they're gonna i'm sorry they're gonna be the fuck or the mary every time and if they're not there's something then, wrong with you. You need therapy. <laughs> then I need therapy. <laughs> oh my god, that's our next episode. Is <laughs> is Philip's therapy? Okay. Fuck Mary Kill Peliquin Onaka Devil Guy. Onaka, you said? Yeah. That's the guy with the dog. The right? dog, yeah. I'm gonna surprise you here. Uh oh. I'm gonna marry Peliquin. I'm gonna fuck Onaka, and then I'm gonna kill Devil Guy. Oh my god! You're gonna kill the Devil Guy? Yeah, as hot as he is. Devil Guy's my fuck. Yeah. Yeah. And you marry Onaka. Onaka, you're killing. I'm killing Peliquin. Wow. I know. You know what? That's fair because I mean this with the most love possible. 
your personality and Pelican's personality. Oh, we would and, not be friends. Yeah, like, it wouldn't I, work out very well. I, I like him in the movie, but I know like he would he would one hundred percent be really mean to me when I first met him, and I would never forgive him for that. Yeah, yeah. Whereas that would turn me on, and I would like <laughs> my whole journey would be to like crush him. No, I mean like sexually. Yeah, not, yeah, yeah. Not like you know personality. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. I think Kinski might be my Mary. He's the moon-faced guy. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I could see that. You two would, would work really well together. Yeah. All right. Okay. I think that we fixed the Nightbreed's problems. Yeah, well, I mean, the, the thing about the Nightbreed's problems is that it's... It's not theirs. It's not their problems. Yeah. It's society's problems. That's what I mean. Is so that we, like... we, have to, we, ha- we have to fight society. <laughs> Yeah. And that's honestly, I mean, from a social work perspective, that's part of social work is like, okay, this is not micro social work. This is macro. We're taking it out. This is not an individual session anymore. Yeah. We're like, okay, we're organizing you. Yeah. Let's it's it's really just, yeah, it's like the, the, the few problems with Midian, they're going to work out themselves. It seems like, I mean, yeah. obviously if I were there, I would be like, okay, maybe we should get the berserkers on some edibles. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe microdose or something. Figure yeah, some kind something. of alternative, you know. Uh, that's a separate thing. We, yeah. we like isolate them a little bit. Yeah. And try to work it out. Yeah. You know, then say, okay, Peliquin, you need to be less gatekeepy yeah. about this whole nightbreed scenario. You know, you can't, every time somebody comes walking up here, you can't just be like, oh, you're natural. Get the fuck out of here or whatever. Ultimately, what we're saying is we're focused on the outside, right? We're focused on helping them organize against their external oppressors mm-hmm. but also we're here for you yeah no like, absolutely yeah you know we'll we, say, we recognize there's some shit going on yeah. internally and we want to make that work so that we can all focus on the the real enemy outside yeah i mean because other than that it's just like yeah lylesburg you know you got your laws and that's cool i guess yeah. but you know maybe when you see the people around you maybe look a little bit bored when you're talking about laws maybe take that as a cue maybe read the room a little bit Lou, Lou, Leroy Gom, you're fine with your feeding the blood to the eels and your little eye snake guys that hang out with you. You're cool. Onaka, you seem fine. You're mm-hmm. you're doing everything right. Everybody else, yeah. Of course, half of these people are dead by the time the movie's over. But yeah, it's well, you know, whatever problems you guys have, you figure it out. We're we're here to help you. We're here to try and you know start some some outreach. <laughs> into society we're gonna maybe elect some nightbreed friendly politicians uh do what we can we're gonna get i mean it's really you just gotta call up a bunch of journalists and lawyers yeah or just full revolution yeah that too yeah, yeah. armed insurrection of look the, this of the can't be the, the only colony of monsters yeah this is a very small colony in a very geographically specific location. I bet that if we reach out, we can find others, link up with them, and then we can find a full-scale revolution to... Oh, we start a network, yeah. Yeah, to really bring monster rights into the forefront of society. And if they don't want to accept it, then we just collapse society. Sounds good. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. I'm in. Thank God. I'm in. Yeah. Today, sheer neck. Tomorrow, America. <laughs> cool well glad we solved all that and i think we're good to go yeah yeah 
I love Laurie and I love Boone. They're they're breaking rules. They're rebels. Yeah, they're doing things their own way. They're bringing a fresh new perspective to this family. I fucking want Nightbreed too. Right? I want Nightbreed the series. You know, the world did not get enough Nightbreed. No, it sure didn't. All right, I've cleaned up a lot of breeders. <laughs> so. I love when he sees. I love when Boone first meets Narcissus, and he hears him muttering in the hospital room and he goes what did you say <laughs> and he just goes i said shut up <laughs> it's great narcissus is great yeah okay bye good luck there goes the neighborhood bye good luck it's true god is an astronaut oz is over the rainbow and midian is where the monsters live Shut up, Cheryl Ann. Bye, good luck. TTFN.